Welcome to the Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Hi there, this is Blake Lindsay. I sure do want to welcome you to Zig Ziggler's Inspire Podcast. I am so excited about today's message that I want to give you the whole thing right here, right now. But that would be too long of a podcast, so I got the green light to give you the whole thing for free and a download. No charge at all. So right after listening to Zig's podcast, just go to Ziggler.com slash inspire and you will be inspired. We'll give you a free download of Zig's entire CD. So Zig's message you're hearing today, you'll be able to hear all the way. Let's listen to Zig together and I'll be back in a few minutes. Victor Serebriakov, age 16. His uh, teacher said to him, you're a dunce, Victor. You're never going to finish school. Why don't you drop out and get a job? At least be able to support yourself. Well, he dropped out of school, and for nearly 16 years, he was an itinerant. He went everywhere, did everything, served in the army, and a host of other things. But every morning, Victor would get up, he'd look in the mirror, and he would shave the dunce that looked back at him. Uh, he would dress that dunce. He would take that dunce to work. He would think as a dunce. He would perform as a dunce, and he would receive a dunce's wages. Age 31, for whatever reason, they did a psychological evaluation on him. And uh, the results came back, and with tremendous excitement, they went to Victor and said, Victor, I don't know whoever told you you're a dunce, and I don't know why you think you are, because the scientific evidence is compulsive. There is zero doubt that we are in error. You, sir, are not a dunce. You have an IQ of 161. You, sir, are a genius. Now, they didn't tell him anything else. No new information except the greatest information of all. You're not a dunce, you're a genius. Now he looks in the mirror and shaves a genius. He dresses a genius. He goes to work as a genius. He thinks as a genius. He performs as a genius. And the bottom line is Viktor Serebriakov uh, has a number of books out. He has several patents to his credit. He is a, a very successful businessman, owns several businesses. And one year he was the international chairman of the Menza Society. And you got to have an IQ of 140 just to get in there. You see, he had the information and the knowledge and the IQ all the time. Had the wrong picture. And the wrong picture was there because of the input into his mind. And when you change the picture, that's when everything changes. Linda Isaacs is down here from Italy, Texas. Linda is African-American. She's a dwarf. They evaluated her when she was... <laughs> Just a little girl, four years old, they discovered she couldn't learn. They put her in school, though, when the time came, but they were really nice to her and the teacher. They told the teacher, now, Linda's a cute little girl. Her classmates will all call her shorty. She's very friendly, easy to get along with. Won't give you a moment's trouble, but don't worry about trying to teach anything because she can't learn. Well, they passed her from the first to the second to the third. They said, we don't want to have to make friends every year, a new set of friends. Just let her go on through. She graduated from high school, functioning at the first grade level. Now, what about her future? Member of a minority race, a dwarf. What are her chances? Very slim. Except her mother was getting on up in years. She had an older sister lived right here in Dallas. Her mother brought her to Dallas to live with her oldest sister who took her down to Goodwill Industries where she met Carol Clapp. And Carol Clapp uh, put her through this intensive two-week uh, acclimation school and discovered something. Linda could learn some things. 
Now for 18 years, Linda had been saying, Linda can't learn, Linda can't learn, Linda can't learn. And sure enough, she was right. Now all of a sudden, Linda said, hey, Linda can learn, Linda can learn, Linda can learn. A year later, she was answering the telephone and checking the payroll and functioning almost as a secretary. Learned more in a year than she had learned in 18 years past. Now please, do not read anything into this which I am not saying. If there's brain damage, folks, that's a different matter. And there are some cases that this is not going to work. But in every case, there will be improvement if we change the input and make it positive and upbeat at the same time, making it a realistic picture of what it's about. I'm going to tell you again, your input determines your outlook. Your outlook determines your output, and your output determines your future. The opinion you have of yourself and the opinion others have of you can make a big difference. The most moving story I've ever heard as it relates to what happens when you change the picture is a story told by Brian Harbour in his beautiful book, Rising Above the Crowd. When little Ben Hooper was born all those years ago in the foothills of East Tennessee, little boys and girls who had no idea who their daddies were were ostracized. They were treated horribly. By the time he was three years old, the other kids in that little East Tennessee community wouldn't play with him. Parents were saying idiotic things like, what's a boy like that doing playing with our kids as if the child had anything at all to do with his own birth. When he was six years old, they put him in first grade, no kindergarten, and uh, they gave him a little desk. All the kids had discs. At recess, he stayed in his desk and studied. The other kids went out and played. At lunch, he took his little sack lunch, went off, ate by himself. The other kids ate together. He had an extraordinarily tough childhood. When he was 12 years old, a new preacher came to that little church in the foothills of East Tennessee. And almost immediately, little Ben started hearing about what a wonderful man he was. How non-judgmental he was. How when he was with you, he was with you. He gave you his undivided attention. He had that charisma. When he walked in a room, the spirits were automatically lifted. He was very popular in that little community. One Sunday, though, little Ben had never been to church a day in his life. He decided to go. He got there late and he left early. He did not want to attract any attention at all. But for the first time in that child's life, he caught just a glimpse of hope. My good friend Dr. John Maxwell says if there's hope in the future, there's power in the present. I believe if there is that hope, and that's the purpose of this series, is to give every individual, whether you're a John Johnson or a Linda Isaac or any one of the hundreds of other people, the Steve Walkers of life that I've been talking about, if we can give that individual hope, then they're going to take some action. So the question is, how do you change the picture? Over the years, I've asked audiences all over the world, and I mean that literally, to identify for me what are the qualities that you would like to see in uh, your boss, or if you're a boss, what qualities would you like to see or have in your employees? Now, for the live audience, the outline or the sheet of paper that you've been given contains a list of these qualities. 
I'm going to go over them simply because as you listen to this, you will uh, need to start hearing these words, and as you listen over and over and over, over a period of time, they will become a part of you. Now, here's something very important. I hope you've got a pen, and I hope you in the live audience will follow me, and I hope as you're listening to this tape that you will answer this question in your own mind every time I call out a word I want you to think to yourself and in the live audience, write it down. Either an A or an S. Is that quality an attitude or is it a skill? I'm going to go down the list. Honest, intelligent, goals, organized, responsible, commitment, punctual, self-starter, optimistic, enthusiastic, motivated, Decisive, focused, disciplined, persistent, positive mental attitude, team player, energetic, competent, self-image, and common sense. Now, those words will be familiar that I've gone through so far. Until we got to the word common sense, I was going exactly down the list of qualities that you put to work when you go to the day before vacation attitude. Now, the second uh, list of words, manners, gratitude, teachable, dependable, pride, diligent, thrifty, resourceful, extramiler, sober, loyal, respectful, Caring, affectionate, supportive, sincere, attentive, personable, open-minded, a good finder, and educated. That's the second uh, list of words there that uh, I'm including. Now, remember, Mark, each one in your mind, is it an attitude or is it a skill? Then on the third uh, column, passion, convictions, encourager. Vision, faith, wisdom, courage, confident, humble, smart, hard worker, authoritative, self-control, fair, communicator, consistent, creative, knowledgeable, humor, a good listener, teacher, and integrity. What I want you to think in terms of is are those words, attitudes, are skills. Now I'd like to get you to add a couple of more words there, and that is service, attitude, and obedience. Now those are two words that in modern society people don't get overly enthusiastic about. Let me share with you a story. Lou Holtz is a good friend of mine I've had the privilege of speaking to his team. He told me something that absolutely fascinates me. At the table, there were student assistants, student managers, and there were a couple of assistant coaches. And every few minutes, uh, one of the assistant coaches, or Lou, would say something, and this student manager would hop up, and in a dead run, I mean, without hesitation, they would be off to the races to do whatever he had been or she had been told to do. None of the student managers that uh, I saw had more than three bites of dinner. Lou Holtz told me that 
In the freshman year, they have 250, roughly, student managers that come in and want to be student managers. By the end of the senior year, approximately 40 of them are left. And Lou said when he travels the country and he bumps into somebody and they say, Coach Holtz, when I was at Notre Dame, for four years I was a student manager. Lou said he always has the same question to ask of them. Well, let me ask you a question. What company are you running today? Or what company are you the vice president or president of? And he said almost never does he have them say anything but, well, I'm the CEO of, or I own my business, and last year we did. Phenomenal. Now, why would that be? You see, two big things, really, obedience. You got to learn to obey before you can learn to lead. So important. That servant's attitude. You know, God himself said, he who would be the greatest among you must become the servant of all. Now, let's see if we can go back and tie all of this together with that Ben Hooper story. You see, little Ben Hooper went to church one day. He caught a glimpse of that hope, and he loved the looks of it. He was back there the next Sunday, and the next, and the next, and the next. He always got there late. He always left early. Did not want any attention. On about the sixth or the seventh Sunday, the message was so moving, so powerful, so encouraging that he forgot all about the time. He did not even notice that there were people who had come in and sat down behind him. Suddenly, the message appeared to him as if there were uh, an overhead looking right at him and it said, for you, little Ben Hooper of unknown heritage, there is hope in the future. He got so carried away with it, he forgot about everything, and suddenly the message was over. He stood up expecting to run out again as he had in weeks gone past, but this time the aisles were clogged, he couldn't get through. As he was trying, he felt a hand on his shoulder. He turned, he looked around, he looked up. He was looking right into the eyes of the young pastor who asked him a question which had been on the minds of everybody there for the last 12 years. Whose boy are you? Instantly, the church grew deathly quiet. You could have heard that proverbial pin drop. Then slowly a smile started to come across the face of the young minister. Till he broke into a huge grin. And then he said, oh, I know whose boy you are. Why, the family resemblance? Son, mistakeable. You are a child of God. And with that, he swatted him across the rear and said, that's quite an inheritance you got there, boy. Now go and see to it that you live up to it. Many, many years later, little Ben Hooper said, that was the day he was elected governor of the state of Tennessee and later re-elected. To be candid, I lost my earthly father when I was five years old. I met my heavenly father 
when I was 45 years old. I don't remember my earthly father. I can never forget my heavenly father. When I became a child of the king, that's when everything changed. When I started looking at biblical truths about success, now, I check them out psychologically and theologically because a lot of people want to have all the bases touched. And so I've been able to secure tremendous endorsements from all three of those disciplines. And I only mention that to say, you see, at age 45, I was stone broken in debt, had been working hard all of my life, have always been optimistic. I'm the kind of guy that put a dime in the parking meter while my wife goes shopping. I mean, that, you know, that's my basic nature. I'd go after Moby Dick in a rowboat and take the tartar sauce with me. But, you know, but that, uh, nothing really happened. Uh, nothing really happened until uh, I looked at just who I was. That's the reason I keep saying, you see, you got to be before you can do. You got to do before you can have. Maybe my favorite expression is the fact that failure is an event. It's not a person. Yesterday really did end last night. Today is a brand new day, and the day is yours. Wasn't that inspiring? I especially like that last part when Zig is saying failure is an event and not a person. That is so important to remember when you're having a less than stellar day. You are a winner. You can change the picture you have of yourself by changing what goes into your mind. You've made a great start by listening to this podcast, and I encourage you to download the whole thing for free. Simply go to Ziggler, Z-I-G-L-A-R dot com slash inspire. I'm Blake Lindsay reminding you to live your life to the fullest. Ziggler. Ziggler. Inspiring true performance.